Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also weep. Reap, sorry. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. Mm. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Amen. Praise the Lord. And then Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Also want to look at this one uh, and before we jump in also. And it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, yeah. that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen. Two very powerful passage, uh, passages of scripture verses. If you are new to Christianity or if you are, um, if you are, even as a Christian, these are some scriptures that you ought to commit to your mind to help you as you are pursuing your Christian journey. Praise the Lord. Well, listen, as we said, we started this series, Hello from the Other Side. And so I want to jump in and, you know, I just just make it clear. Like I told you, I love the slogan and the motto, no perfect people allowed, uh, because that means that we get to come. You yeah. know, uh, fact of the matter is that a lot of pastors and leaders present themselves but um, even those who don't present themselves there are some who idolize uh, the others and leaders and think that they are perfect um, or and then when they fail <laughs> then you know people are disappointed um, and you know so the fact of the matter is that um, we are imperfect yes. we've been married for over 15 years um, and we're gonna keep it PG for those who are wondering yeah that is something to celebrate glory to our God and, you know, it most definitely has not been an easy journey. It's not something that we're just like, yeah, you know, this is a cakewalk. There's some people who love to do that, type, say that type of stuff. And, you know, um, the fact of the matter is, you know, <laughs> it is definitely not a cakewalk, although God has been good. And so we like to be real and candid uh, so that people can understand and hopefully to even challenge some people who are married and dealing with stuff to give you some hope as well are those who are thinking about marriage getting ready you know you might be engaged or whatever the case may be that you can um that you can know what you have some hope in advance and have some tools in your arsenal to be able to deal with things when they pop up looks like you're finna say something no yeah? i i think um all marriage is not like hollywood and i think we want to give a little sneak peek into um the non-Hollywood version of marriage. <laughs> so I want you guys, if you can, just go ahead and show this picture. We'll just pop it up for a little bit. Uh, I want to just give some context here. Um, yeah, this picture. Huh, wow, this is a this is a challenging picture. All uh, right, there. Those online, I hope you can see this as well in the moment. This, um, <laughs> this room, this living room, was where uh, Pastor Chantal and I are. Um, it reminds us of many years ago when our marriage was on the rocks and can we just be real mm -hmm. and so we were looking we were at the edge and you know looking over the precipice like it was it was in a very bad place fingers were being thrown come on somebody come on. names were being called y'all don't want to be real come okay. on and it was a very bad um experience that we were having at that time and that represents this place represents you know where that was hashed out and um i'm just so grateful because in that moment um, we were able to realize, and you can come off of it now, um, but I was able to realize in that moment and in that place of challenge that the reason why we were dealing with things the way we were and why it got to that place was because of boundary issues. 
And I want to set the record straight. Let me just put it out there because you know how people take sound bites and say all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Pastor Andrew and Pastor Chantal were... No, it had nothing to do with infidelity. Mm-hmm. Amen. Can I just say it again? Had nothing to... Pick it, pick, nothing to do <laughs> with infidelity. Come on. Um, but most definitely, there were boundary issues and there were things... There was something that was unresolved for years from the beginning of our marriage. Um, and something that was unresolved that became all-consuming. Yes. And it's crazy because a lot of us, you know, there are things that we deal with at the beginning of our marriage. Um, some of you bring them into your marriage and you say stuff like, oh, it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. And despite how many times you trip over the lump in the rug, you know, we, we don't deal with it. And at times... That lump in the rug, which we could have dealt with when it was just a little bump, mm-hmm. ends up becoming something that is mammoth. And I know this might be triggering for some of you. I, we, we don't mean um, to, to, to be in that place. We more so want to present this not just from a negative place, but look, man, we're sitting here. We're still here. You. Come on, somebody. Come on. 15 years later, and the Lord has been faithful, you know. And so it's important for us to realize this, like... <laughs> Uh, all of us, there are many of you in this place where you are um, at that place where boundaries are an issue for you in your relationship. It might not even um, be boundaries. It might just be something unresolved. And you have the choice to, um, to face it or you have the choice to ignore it. And the fact of the matter is we were determined by God's grace. We were like, yo, you know what? We are not going to be a stereotype or perpetuate another generational pattern. No. And so we especially we, it's in our line talk about it so um we both come from a background of um broke not i won't say broken families but um divorce mm-hmm. um and issues like that and so we made a commitment from the beginning that listen i made a commitment before i got married i knew getting into marriage that i was gonna have to fight yeah that i was like no matter what i will fight i will fight i'm, I'm i'll fight until i god gets the glory out of all of it and i think that um we both were determined I tell people all the time, the heart work is the hard work. So good. I'll say that again. The heart work is the hard work. What, you know, a lot of times marriage issues are two single people issues that come, bring it into marriage. Wow. And I think that's kind of um, our challenges. And sometimes, you know, we were young. We were 22 when we got married. And you think you know everything. Sure do. And I think that we struggled in that area that, in that, area that time that we didn't bring in people early enough. Mm-hmm. And so with this in mind, too, I, I, I want to say this, too, because we marry a lot of couples. In fact, we're marrying so many couples and pre and there's so many premarital uh, uh, counseling sessions that are happening in our church that I literally had to say I'm no longer marrying anybody outside of our church. Yeah. Right? Because of the amount of time we believe in pastoring and investing in the couples that are being married and that are married in our church. And so can we just celebrate God because people are still believing in the sacrament of marriage? I mean, it is something that's sacred. And this is something we always tell the people. I tell them all the time. I'm like, a lot of people, they don't really mean their vows. It's just a a thing that goes along with the fairy tale. Of you coming to the altar and saying, for better, for worse. You know, richer or poorer, in sickness and in health. Till, you know, as long as we both shall live or until death do us part. And we say these things, but do you really realize what you're doing? You are cutting a covenant Mm -hmm. in that moment. Come on, somebody. 
And a lot of us, we just recite it because it's the thing to say at weddings. But we don't truly mean these co this commitment. And no, you know, I am not talking for better or for worse, talking about somebody hitting you upside your head. We are not supporting divorce, I mean, uh, abuse. And I want to make it clear. We say this, man, that abuse is a breach of your covenant. Right? So a lot of people, we go to scripture and we read things literally and don't understand the historic context or the spirit of what is going on in that, in that mm -hmm. text. Mm -hmm. And so we'll say stuff like, yeah, somebody be punching you upside your head, doing all sorts of crazy stuff, and you just need to stay there because there's no grounds for divorce. The devil is a liar. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm a pastor. I'll say, come find me. You can send me an email on that one. <laughs> we'll, we'll deal with that. Um, but it's important for us, aside from these things, mm -hmm. to make sure that we are um, believing and understanding um, these vows that we've made and that we are taking these things seriously, these commitments seriously. And so, you know, thinking about this and, and, and having this in mind, it's important. It's important for us to, um, to look at, you know, the scripture that we shared today. So Galatians chapter, uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, 8, we're going to talk about some cool stuff. And I want you to grab this because it applies in your everyday life as well. You know, where the Apostle Paul um, tells the church at Galatia, which is, um, you know, Anatolia, he says, God is not mocked. Whatever one sows, mm -hmm. that will he also reap. And I love it because although the context, which we're going to see, is related to, ultimately related to salvation, right? He makes a general statement that ricochets down the corridors of time and applies to every area of our lives. And I would say, in this context, it applies to our marriage. Mm -hmm. And it applies to marriage and romantic relationships. Don't be deceived. Somebody say, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Hear me. What you sow into your relationship is what you are going to reap. Mm -hmm. He says, for the one who sows to his own flesh or carnally. In other words, you're deciding to pattern yourself and act the way that you're acting. Um, and, the, and conduct yourself in this marital relationship based on your fleshly desires, mm -hmm. right? He says, that person will from the flesh reap corruption. Somebody say corruption. Corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit, this has to do with your everyday life, but even in the context, because your marriage is a part of your life, and it's a part of that which God has given you to steward. If you sow to the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Mm. And so eternal life is the end of those who steward that which God has placed in their hands well. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen? And so, with this in mind, the question becomes, you know, do you have a carnal relationship or a Christ-like relationship? That's the question. Are you building or investing in having a carnal relationship or a Christ-like relationship? It's so important to establish healthy accountability system when you're building your marriage or any type of relationship. And a lot of times people like put these boundaries up, but they haven't asked people, is it appropriate boundaries? I know so many people said, I don't need, I know the Holy Spirit told me. Okay. But the Holy Spirit, although the Bible also let something be established in the multitude mm -hmm. of people, not just yourself. And so another thing, as I tell people all the time is... Y'all are awfully quiet. That's some good stuff no. right there. A lot of people, want they want to be the, the, their only voice in their life, but you have to make sure you have people in your circle that is godly, not just carnal, 
They can tell you the top 100 songs, Beyonce, well. all the songs full infidelity, all the movies that you watch, I'm not going to name them, or the things you're watching, but they don't know scripture to throw at you. But they know all the top 10 Netflix videos, got Prime. got divorce lawyer on speed dial. They know it. Come on. But they can't throw a scripture at you. Or they, when you're making your boundaries or making your accountability, they cannot line it up to scripture, but they line it up with what's going on in entertainment or in the news. What I love about our situation, that picture I opened up with and showed you, was that I was so grateful we had a place, a safe place, where we could come undone. Yeah. Like, where we could come unhinged. And I shared with you some of the things that happened lightly, of course, in the situation. But, you know, it was a place where we were able to navigate the difficulty. We could come undone. We could be real. Like some of us, you say, your accountability is as fake as you are. I'm not. <laughs> didn't mean to it didn't even mean to come out that way. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that it's imperative for us to have environments and accountability where we can be real about what we're dealing with, what we're navigating, and, um, and to come undone in a safe, non-judgmental environment. And we, 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 one of our points here says, people can only hold you accountable to the level of your transparency. I will say that again. People can only hold you accountable to the level of your transparency. So good. It's so good because, oh, how is your life going? Oh, it's so great. That's the level that they're going to give to. And it's so important. If you're accountability for people, ask direct questions. Here we go. Not yes and no. It's direct. Have you opened the website? How long were you staring? Come on. Like having direct, real conversations, because if you're not asking the questions, you'll never really know what's going on in people's lives. So good when you're saying, you know, I, I, I celebrate there's, there have been even gentlemen in, in this house, for example, that we know who've battled pornography. How many of you know that pornography is one of the biggest snares of the enemy against not just men? Come on. Come on. Y'all, come on, man. We're going there today. Because I see this is the thing. We at this church, we believe in deliverance. We believe in breakthrough. We believe in saying words like sin. Some people don't think sin is a thing anymore. You know, you just do whatever I feel like doing and whatever, just you know, whichever way I want to go. If it just feels nice to me and it's good to me, then I'm just gonna know the devil is a liar. And there's some stuff we need to come up out of. Come on. And pornography is a snare and it's jacking up households, setting unrealistic expectations for marriages. Mm -hmm. And because you saw someone faking swinging from the chandelier. Listen, and they need to, they need to take a ladder to get there, get up there. <laughs> you did, they just somehow ended up there without, you know, you didn't see the ladder. Come on, somebody. And now you come and you bring those unrealistic expectations into your marriage mm -hmm. and you don't allow the, you know, the, the, what God wants to birth in your relationship um, to come forth out of a place of purity. But I also want to say like... It's but, a, I wanna, but there's oh, a reason okay. why I was mentioning that though because I want to mention that there are incredible guys in our house, in this house, who have... And um, women. And women, but I know specifically for me as a man that I'm accountable to who have taken the extra step where they literally have paid money to take out a service so I can see, because I'm accountable as well, but so I can see every single device they have, what they look at, y'all, 
what they when they went there how long they looked at the pages all of those things why because when you truly want to be delivered you're willing to be transparent come on so good so good it's a lot of people that they just act like they want deliverance but you don't really want no deliverance when people ask you questions you talk about well you know um you know okay um, no if you truly want to be delivered you are going to be open and yes in again like i said a safe environment mm -hmm. and so anyway what are you finna say? i don't want to bring shame over people's struggle no I want us to make a place that it's safe that we can talk about this because it's not an easy pornography is not an easy deliverance no. thing. I was bound. Okay, it's a journey that we you go alongside through. So I don't want to make it so easy, like okay, just stop looking because there's a spirit behind that thing, man. Lust, devil. Seriously, and, and so this is why accountability is necessary. It's it's, it's very crucial, and I think I, I I want people to think that you know so many people go to the altar and they feel like they got delivered. It's a journey. It is, and it's okay. They have to it's, if they have to keep coming back, keep coming back, saying, "Hey, I've made a mistake. I repent." But keep coming. Amen. Keep being honest. Amen. Keep being transparent. That's it. Keep on coming, and it's not something, you know, and you need people in your life, like 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 6, even as a married couple, you need people in your life, and, your, and you as a spouse even, mm -hmm. need to be to the place where you are not rejoicing at wrongdoing. Bible says love doesn't rejoice, here's 1 Corinthians 13, verse 6, doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Mm -hmm. Some of you, the reason why your spouse is bound is because you're celebrating what they're doing. Wow. And even, and see, some people are like, man, I don't think this stuff is real. No, it's real. Mm -hmm. No, it's okay, babe. You have you. You do your thing. You know, whatever you need to fill you, whatever you need to feed you. You know, such so, so, so. No. We don't rejoice at wrongdoing. We make sure that we are rejoicing with the truth. That's but, accountability. And I, I just want to say, like, I've heard about the seven-year itch. I don't know if you're marriage, seven years, things that, you know, you're like, you are tired or things are not moving on. And so they try new things. Mm-hmm. Bring carnal things into the marriage. Wow. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost can do amazing things. They don't need other things. And I think we got to be make sure that we're not giving our spouses pass. Because I don't care if you give your spouse pass, did God give you a pass? Because if your spouse is also carnal or not at that level or they're giving into that situation or giving into their own pleasures, but it's still not godly, it's still a no. Amen. That's important. Very, very good. Um, we have to maintain accountability. Some of you in your household, you're wondering, how do I start to build healthy boundaries in my relationship? It happens by you. If you're the one, if you're being convicted, you don't wait for your spouse to start doing what's right. You, at that point, need to draw the line. Come mm -hmm. on, somebody. And you start saying no. And that is where oftentimes it will position you um, to be able to see success. And so with that in mind, moving onward, not only are we to establish um, a healthy accountability system, but also with this in mind, we've got to establish, and like we've been talking about, here's this, and maintain moral boundaries. Okay? So look, we've been talking about all these various types of boundaries, and even in the context of romantic relationships we have to be intentional about maintaining moral boundaries now some of you again there are a lot of things you don't think that the bible talks about mm -hmm. i told you last week when we were talking about there are things that are gray areas and first corinthians chapter 6 the apostle paul says you know he makes it clear he says that um although all things are lawful mm -hmm. not all things are expedient or are helpful and so there are gray areas but god gives us wisdom in the gray areas but it's some stuff that you're trying to make gray that's black and white. Wow. 
And that's why we'll read the, for I know the plans I have for you. Jeremiah 29, plans to, all this stuff, whatever. And you don't realize the plans that God has for you because of what you're doing actually are going to reap corruption. Wow. See, people don't like this stuff. But this is why I want, we want you to be blessed. Amen. We want you to reap what God has for you and not corruption. And so there are things that are black and white in scripture that are signposts and things that you need to look out for. Here's one for you. I told you 1 Corinthians chapter 6, but we also need to look at, uh, we need to look at uh, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And, you know, Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 24. It's a little bit of Bible study, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I'm not going I'm not going to go ham on this stuff. Write down 1 Corinthians chapter 6. But this, for those of you who are wondering mm-hmm. what you should be looking forward, looking out for and things you should be guarding and setting and maintaining uh, moral boundaries in the, these areas. Here it is, verse 19. Are you there? Say, I'm there if you're there. Okay, online, I hope you're there in your living room. Say, I'm there if you're there. Here we go. Look, now the works of the flesh. Remember he says in the, you know, in the following chapter, he talks about sowing to the flesh. Mm-hmm. And reaping corruption? No, he says, what the works of the flesh, here we are, are evident. Yes. Sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. That's a plethora of things. There's a Greek word, pornonia. And there's the, there are a number of things that are in that category. Not just porn, but lust in every form or fashion. Everything that would take you away, whether to get into something prematurely or to break the covenant that God I want to put a pause right there. Put the pause. I'm putting a pause to go back to that. Parents, make a safe place for your kids to talk to you about pornography. Very good, babe. Make it very safe that they don't feel uncomfortable, that they don't feel ashamed, so they're not hiding, but they're running to you. Wow. We're in, in that situation. I just want to just put that up for parents. Yep. I love it. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm always going to celebrate my kids. I just want to celebrate. Like, you know, the other day, my kids went to the library. Yes. And, and I loved it so much. Um, that they went to the library. Our dinner table is, we believe the dinner table for families is one of the greatest pulpits. Yes. And we have discussions. I ask them the same questions. Pastor Chantal asks them the same questions every single day. So they know what's going to happen, right? And so when they come to the table, right, we have this discussion and we ask them. And a couple weeks ago, my son, was it Gabriel or Noah? Gabriel. Gabriel. Or Noah. No, no, it was Noah. We were asking, who is it? Noah. It was Noah. They know who it was. And they got, they went to the library just to get some Ninjago books and whatever else they read in the thing. And, okay. 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 Look, I'm just going to tell the story. <laughs> Gabriel got the book. Oh, yes. I now remember. Gabriel got the book and Noah g- took it um, and read it first. Yes. And so Noah ends up getting to a part in the book, in the children's section, in the library, where it's full frontal of this lady, right? And my son Noah goes, Dad, there's something that's inappropriate in this book. And he told me about it. He could have hidden the book. He could have gone and looked at it. Come on. He could have done, but he says, Dad, no. You know what, Mom? This is inappropriate. And there was something inappropriate that I saw in this book. And I appreciate. And I said, we can celebrate that stuff. It shouldn't be a shameful place. We weren't like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. No, we're like, yo, we're proud of you. Yeah. Pick your children up. And I brought them to the library with me to talk to the librarian, (laughs) to report the book, um, to show them that, hey, you know, this is how to address the situation as well, to go further. I'm like, you know, it's it's not appropriate. These are in kids, the kids section in the library. Exactly. So make an environment where it's healthy 
for your children to talk about stuff. And when they come to you, especially people who have a background like mine, you don't jump down their throat and then expect them to keep opening up to you. And then the next time you say, okay, man, listen. Okay, so he says, okay, we still at sexual immorality. Impurity, he breaks it down. Sensuality. Here we go. Idolatry. So there's some of you that are idolatry that are idolaters as it pertains to, it's not just bowing down before a statue or an actual idol, but where are you putting something else in the place of God? Mm -hmm. What is threatening the seat of Jesus in your life? Mm. The throne of Jesus in your life? Here we go. Sorcery. And, and listen, I'm, oh, I'm going to say it. Say it. I'm tired of all y'all with this little blue uh, evil eye emoji. Can I come? I'm, I might have to stand up. I'm about to. You, you Christians, I call you out of that sorcery and that witchcraft now in Jesus' name. This evil eye emoji you putting up on your stuff, trying to keep the evil eye away. The devil is a liar. I don't need no evil eye emoji, for he shall give his angels. Oh, Psalm 91. Charge over me. Come on, somebody. To keep me in all of my ways. Come on. For we wrestle not, Ephesians 6, against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Wickedness. And he goes on, he says, take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. All y'all, you need to repent and take that, uh, tying stuff on your clothes and all sorts of stuff. Sorcery and witchcraft are of the devil. And you naming the name of Christ and doing that foolishness need to come on out. And put your trust in the Lord. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to go there. Just had to park there for a second. Mm -hmm. Take all them stuff. Whenever I see that little no. Anyway, that's a no. Um, and then next, enmity, strife, jealousy. Hear us, Lord. Help us, God. Fits of anger. Oh, you didn't think we were going here today. Rage, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, help us God, drunkenness. Mm -hmm. Some of y'all, you need help in that area. There are many of you that are putting forth effort and trying and we walk with you and we know about the struggle. But there are some of you that you have been getting the signs. And you have not done what is necessary to help yourself in that area. Mm -hmm. And it's time for you to get the help that you need. And we want to see that help come to pass in your life. But he makes it clear. Drunkenness. Orgies. That's, that's a real thing, y'all. Mm -hmm. Orgies and things like these. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't, it's not like no Ten Commandments. He says, things like these. I warn you, as I've warned you before. That those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And the do there is referring to people who practice these things in an unrepentant way. So it's not saying you slip up, you make a mistake. This is something you battle or struggle with. But it's something that you say, nah, I don't care. This is what I'm going to do. This is my life. I'm following Jesus, but I don't care. I'm having orgies. You are not making it to heaven mm -hmm. do people still say stuff like that yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. So it's important for us when we're talking about establishing moral boundaries that we have an understanding of what and a framework of things that are offensive to God and things that are sin and things that we should be staying away from. And I think yeah, and then the on, the contra on the contra, on the other side, things that we're looking for that are godly, Christ-like is, Christ is when we go to Galatians uh, verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, yeah. patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Come on, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So we're, we are crucifying our flesh. Yeah. We're not, even though things might rise up that we want to do, but we're doing opposite. Amen. And so when we're thinking about moral boundaries, what are you looking, is it the carnal as we read our flesh, the works of the flesh, or is it the fruit of the spirit? And it's powerful because fruit of the spirit means that, watch this, you're not doing these things in your own strength and your own power. Yes. The fruit of the spirit means that it comes as a result of being intimate with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So when you're waking up, when you're seeking God, when you're like, God, Holy Spirit, I need you to fill me mm -hmm. afresh and give me the strength and manifest in me mm -hmm. the things that will please your heart and will help my spouse and my neighbor mm -hmm. and also will position me uh, to be able to be guarded and have strength against the flesh. I want to say this and we're, we're bringing the plane down for a landing. I'll tell you this because this is a fact of the matter. Many of us are not falling in sin, but you're flirting with it. Let me say it again. Hear me. Many of us are not falling in sin, but you're flirting with sin. Mm. And so this, this is what this looks like. Let me help you. Uh, that work spouse. You know the one that you meet at the photocopier? At the same time? That doesn't happen in this church, does it? I don't know. Or the one that you are in the DM, in the Zoom chat with at work? And you just say, you know, this is the thing, like, and a lot of us, it's not that you have gone all the way or you've actually done the thing, but you're just flirting with the idea. Mm. You know, he, he made a comment to you about how you looked when you wore something. And so now you wear it and or the cologne or the perfume. And now you walk by them intentionally so they can smell it and say something again. Sila. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Where are you flirting with sin, mm. even though you might not be falling in it as of now? Mm. So it's important. It's important for us uh, to make these boundaries and to enforce them. And I think, you know, our point is don't be naive. There we go. Do not be naive. When I hear people say, oh, I, you know, my husband will never um, step out or I would never. Oh, man, I love mm, Pastor Andrew. I would never step out on you. But you know what? When we say never, we leave a door, a gap, they're believing in ourselves. And we, when we put ourselves on guard, so you know what, Lord, I'm sinful. I, I have no, I don't want to do that. But Lord, I'm giving you an opportunity to cover me. I don't want to be naive that I'll never walk away, Lord, because things can happen. So find people that say never, that door is potentially open because they never thought that can never happen. So if you've never thought about it, you haven't created a strategy then. Woo! I'm telling you, man, Justin Bieber got that one thing right. You know, never say never. never. Listen, it's imperative because I'm telling you, as sanctified as you think you are, watch this. A lot of you provide counsel for others, but you don't counsel yourself. 
Watch this. Recently, there was something that happened with this uh, person. Oh, don't go there. I'm not going to say it. No, I'm just going to say it. Okay. And a lot of people, I'm going to go there. A lot of people, well, you know, everybody posting about it and putting out there what their thoughts are and their opinions and how horrible this is and blah, 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 and, and what they think and what they should do. And they're wilding out, going off. And they're like, Pastor, you know, I don't see you posting nothing. I'm like, because I'm taking heed lest I fall. Come on. I got too much ish. Can I talk about it? To work through in my own yard to be dealing with somebody. Uh, y'all don't want to be real with me today. I, I'm in the Bible, but that's because uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12 says uh, that you who think that you stand, take heed lest you fall. So while you're sitting up worrying and counseling others and talking about what they did and what they put on somebody and what they did and all this stuff, you're leaving your gate. I just went a little further. Uh, you're leaving your gate and talking about you would never do and you would all this stuff and whatever. And then your tail ends up in a worse situation. Mm. And too many of us malicious in ourselves and people business. Mm -hmm. As my grandmother said, malicious in yourself and people business. And that's why you can't take care of yourself. So it's imperative for us guys. To realize that boundaries in romantic relationship, they're not about manipulation. But about safety. But they're about safety. And we close on this. You know, I think about when people have kids and when you go, um, when you have a child, you put a safety um, like little door so they can't get in. You got stuff on the doorknobs. Stuff on the doorknobs. You might have a little gate. It's, it's not because you um, are trying to manipulate your, your kids for not to come downstairs. You just don't want them to fall. Yeah. And that's what boundaries do. Boundaries are not about manipulation. It's about giving a barrier. It's about a barricade, making sure it gives opportunity to not fall. And think about that this week. What boundaries do you need to create? Yeah. Who do you need to be your accountability that are, is godly, that will give you godly wisdom and not just carnality? And some of you have accountability. What, uh, what part of your accountability are you not leaning into that you need to now lean into? And I want to say, you should be running after your accountability, not waiting for your accountability to run after you. Come on. We're too many of us are waiting for them to call us. But you, how do they know what's going on at nighttime or what you're saying or what's in your thoughts? You need to, again, expose yourself instead of get caught. Very good. Well, friends, uh, I hope that was a blessing to you. If this message was a blessing to you, can you go ahead and give the Lord some praise?